Growing up, my father was always in a family business. It was a small family-owned steel company in Bridgeport, Connecticut, that his father started during the Depression. They did things like slit and galvanize coils of steel and sell it to companies that made file cabinets, pots and pans, that kind of stuff. My father, Jim, worked with his brother, Tom, and they both reported to their father, Big Jim, I guess, (laughs) my my grandfather. So it was pretty old school, you know, a manufacturing business in old New England. It was patriarchal. They ran according to birth order. My father was older, so he was higher ranked than his brother. You know, and for us, all the kids... It was called Dolan Steel. So that was a source of great pride for us. Yeah, you know, a, multi, a multi-generational like family it. business like that is meaningful. And occasionally when we were all loaded into the family station wagon with my seven brothers and sisters and we'd be on, you know, I-95 going somewhere, occasionally we'd see one of the trucks go by and we would just go crazy. You know, that sense of pride you get from That's gotta like... has got to be so exciting. Yeah, from seeing that. And it was all going swimmingly until about... 1980 or so. And that's when the economy wiped out lots of companies exactly like this. So the business that was supporting a lot of adults in my family and all of us kids, you know, it was just gone. My father, my uncle, my oldest brother, cousins, all found themselves having to start all over again. You know, mostly by getting into different industries because theirs had shrunk so much. It's not like you could just go to another company like yours because that was the point. Those companies were going away. And, you know, and the employees lost their jobs, too. Those were plant workers, office workers, Teamsters. It was rough. My father was in his 50s when that happened, and he never did find another job. You know, my parents really lost everything. And... I'm telling this story not to bum anyone out or scare you, but just to say two things. Number one, there's an intensity to family businesses that can make it really great when it's going great and really terrible when it's not. And I've seen both of those things close up, and I understand. But number two, we have a lot of fun on this show, but I'm always conscious of how fundamental our work is to our identities and to our entire lives. And we talk a lot here, Matt, about when it's time to make a change. But sometimes change just happens to you, whether you are ready or not. So true. Most days, you've got a lot of places to go and a lot to get done before you can even think about falling into bed at night. Wouldn't it be nice if you could stay connected to the world while you were out there getting it all done? What if the experience of driving a luxury vehicle wasn't limited to just inside your car, but extended out into the world around you? Introducing the well-connected 2019 Lincoln MKC with a suite of social tech, including Waze integration so seamless, the map appears right on the screen. Amazon Alexa, with access to all the skills and services you get on your Echo, and a 4G LTE Wi-Fi hotspot that allows up to 10 devices to connect at once with Lincoln Connect. With your 2019 Lincoln MKC, you're transforming traffic jam streets into clear roads, empowering your voice to instantly change your environment. Set temperature to 72 degrees, all to make life a little easier. And when you're finally done, Waze, take me home. Let's get started. You're getting a seamless experience right to the very end. Alexa, open my garage door. Available by iPhone with Sync 3 with software version 3.0. Commands may vary by phone and Apple software. 
Don't drive while distracted. Use voice-operated systems when possible. Don't use handheld devices while driving. iPhone is a trademark of Apple Inc., registered in the U.S. and other countries. The 2019 Lincoln MKC. Learn more at lincoln.com slash wondery. That's lincoln.com slash W-O-N-D-E-R-Y. Wondery, this is Safe for Work. Job stress, life relief. I'm Liz Dolan. And I'm Matt Ritter. On today's show, we'll be talking about what it's like to work with your family, mm. which means we'll be talking about setting boundaries and learning when it's time to walk away. And we'll be joined by brother and sister Allie Webb and Michael Landau to talk about their family business, Dry Bar. But before we get to that, let's take a call from a listener. This is Annie. Oh, hey, Annie, it's Liz and Matt from Safe for Work. How are you doing? Oh, yay! <laughs> yay! Hi, Liz and Matt. I'm good. I love How that enthusiasm. <laughs> good. I'm glad you're enthusiastic right at the very beginning, Annie. We're enthusiastic, too. How can we oh, help? Okay, so I'm so glad you called because I've been thinking about this a lot. So a couple years ago, the heads of my company, they decided to move an employee who had been working in the field like his entire career into a new in-house leadership position that was pretty much created for him. And I knew that when he moved into the office, it was probably going to take him some adjustment time in order to be able to understand, you know, what it's like to work in an office, keeping calendars and all of that stuff. But instead of becoming easier to work with over the last couple years that he's been there, he's actually become, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but more difficult to work with. Oh, no. I I know. I know. It's sad. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's Um, so disappointing when it happens, isn't it? You were willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yes, exactly. Because, you know, we all go through changes. and Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, he avoids responsibilities that are his that if if he doesn't like doing them, he'll put them off until they become everybody else's emergency. I hate Um, that. He kind of blames others when he drops the ball. He takes credit for other people's work. And he gives the impression that he's the most important person in the building. So if anybody ever questions him or doesn't take his, you know, opinions as fact, he, he doesn't handle that uh, very diplomatically, Mm -hmm. if I may say so. Mm -hmm. And how, how does he get away with this? Well, that's the problem. So the problem is his sibling is on the board of directors and he's actually related to a couple people, I believe, on the board of directors. Oh, and so my efforts to try to hold him accountable or find any kind of solutions seem to fall on deaf ears. I feel like I have a reputation of being direct, but very, you know, I try to be kind and respectful of everybody, but I'm also very direct. And I feel like others are afraid to do the same thing. And it's affecting my teams to where yeah. some of my most talented team members some of my employees are, are even considering looking for other work because it's, it's hard for them. And I'm wondering if maybe, you know, I should do the same. And I, I've received pretty consistent, I've seen consistent high marks. I'm well-respected at the company, but I'm just becoming more increasingly bummed out over time. And I don't know what to do. Oh, my God. That kind of nepotism or favoritism is just such a morale killer, as Matt's shaking his yeah, head. Too. Yeah, I, I, it, just, it, it is. It just sucks. So, okay. So tell me a little bit more about how you actually connect with this guy day to day. Like, do you have to report to him? And when you say you tried to hold him accountable, how did you do that? And did it work 
at all? <laughs> well, okay. So I connect with him regularly because I'm also a leader at this company. Um, the main way that I connect with him that I struggle with is I have some teams that are responsible for putting together a weekly presentation, but all of the content for that presentation has to come from this person. He's oh. the one who dictates it. But we will, you know, do everything we can to try to get content from him, but we don't get it until far too late to even begin to make a decent presentation. So then it makes the leaders of the company upset when the presentation is brought to them for approval super late. Or Can, can I just say, I can't believe how often we hear this. Matthew. We get a lot like, of... It's just so lot. much we like, so we don't get the information, so the other department is making us look bad, and, and, and it's, we're doing it's our some, best. Yeah, it's and, somebody that, that is in the middle of the bottleneck of your operation, and it's their they're being protected. And yeah, it's that's uh, yeah. I was going to ask that. Do you feel like he's actively being protected, or are you just? Could you possibly be making assumptions because you know about the connection? Well, I gave it a lot of time and thought and asking around, and I can tell you, I do feel like there's protection there. Um, he just because I think he's difficult, not just for me, but for other leaders as well, um, and. There's not much we feel like we can do. It's a tricky situation. Now, I've got to say, he does have some talent that he um, uses quite well to help the company. But they're like the talents where, you know, when if he's asked to speak in front of a group of people on his successes and how he got there, he loves doing that. And it helps people. That's interesting. But, you know, if it's like keeping a meeting time and giving us the content when we need it or even just two days late instead of on the last minute, you know. Uh, then it's something it's just hard to, to hold. I was going to say fire. that's interesting. So he's got some positive qualities because I think sometimes if you put yourself in his mindset, a lot of this stuff is insecurity potentially when you mm -hmm. are the person who is the beneficiary of nepotism, you put on that puffing out your chest thing because you know mm -hmm. that all the other people or you think all the other people are talking about you and they're like, Oh, he, he's only here. She's only here because of her father. So, you know, potentially it sounds like maybe there's a way to get, better communication between you and him, maybe through, you know, mm -hmm. making him feel good about some of the things that he's doing. What do you think? You I don't know. It's not possible? I like it. Just your insecurity is not my problem. Right. But he's obviously making it your yeah. problem. I get it here. Here's what I've heard you say twice now. And I just want to say yay for you twice in this short phone call. You have said, I am a leader, right? So you, you see yourself that way. It comes across as we're talking to you. And no wonder you have been consistently well-reviewed in your company because clearly, you know, you are a leader and you see that as an important part of your self-definition. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I just want to make you feel good. Like it just comes across if, if you say to yourself like, okay, well, he has that job, but I am also a leader. I guess as a leader, if you imagine how you can help manage the company out of this situation, not to say that it's easy. I'm not recommending you necessarily go to his bosses or whatever, but leaders need to just be leading. <laughs> and, you know, and the people that don't show leadership like him, if he's just, if a family member has parked him somewhere for a while, I like, maybe I'm too hopeful. I like to feel that those things show over time. Yeah, I agree. Sometimes, it, as I said, sometimes it works itself out too, because I, I like what you said about parked. A lot of times these family members are being parked. They're yeah. not actually supposed to be instrumental to what the company is doing. Yeah. You know, a lot of times the leaders know this about their family member and they're meant to be in the company and learning, but they know their flaws too. 
I don't know. I wish I could say something other than you're doing the right thing, but it feels like you have the right instincts and you are doing the right thing. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, just, just hearing that alone, I think, gives me a little bit of a confidence boost that I need to, you know, make it through. And we have ups and downs. There are some weeks that are much better than other weeks. And I think hearing that kind of feedback is at least, you know, beneficial for me to know that maybe I'm at least looking in the right direction. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. It's so good to talk to you. Okay, this you was too. a pleasure. Thanks a lot for calling. Okay, Liz, it's time for another iteration of Work Pop. Oh, okay. In Work Pop, we play clips from pop culture and talk about how we might handle the situations ourselves. Or just how grateful we are that we were never in those situations. What have you got in store for us this time, Matt? Well, this week I thought it would be fun to talk about one of my favorite movies, The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, my God, I love this. So Meryl Streep is the silver-haired monster, Mm -hmm. right? Everyone's worst boss. And Anne Hathaway, she's just an earnest, young, aspiring writer, just trying to make it in this world, Matt. Aren't we all? I love that line. Stanley Tucci goes, call me when your life's falling apart. Then you'll know it's time for a promotion. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you've memorized the movie. Oh, I've got it completely down pat. Okay, so in this clip, Andy is interviewing for the job as Miranda Priestley's assistant, and let's just say it's not going well. So you don't read Runway? Uh, no. And before today, you had never heard of me? No. And you have no style or sense of fashion? Well, um, I think that depends on what you're... No, no. That wasn't a question. (laughs) So, Liz... Oh, my God. Doesn't it just make I you, know, like, you so cringe. nervous even just listening to it? I, I know that you've been a, a super boss most of your career, but have you ever bombed an interview? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think we've all bombed in situations where, like, the person is so intimidating. Um, I can remember one time when I was interviewing for a job where the guy just literally said, so, like, other than reading about us in the paper, what do you really know about our company? Oh, and like, how do you handle that? Oh, well, you know, then you start, like, humming a, humming a, humming a, well, I know you made this. or Like, it's really hard to, like, well, what am I supposed to do besides read about you in the paper or Google you? I know. You know, like, where Stalk else am you. I supposed to? I should be to- <laughs> hiding in your bushes. Yeah, actually, I know you're on a vegetarian diet right now. Yeah. I think uh, you just have to remember in those situations that they're trying to get to you. I know. I had you a know, guy. It's more like a clue about who this yeah. person is oh, totally. than I had, anything about you. I had a guy tell me that um, we were talking about professionalism, and I was trying to act like, uh, oh, yeah, I'm very professional. Blah, act blah, like a professional. Act like a professional in the interview. And he's like, you know your tie's crooked, though. How can oh, you God. say that you act like a professional, but you have a crooked tie? I was like, I'll just see myself out. Oh, I'll just, I'll you just, know. I'll just see myself. I'll just cut my tie right there <laughs> in, the, in that meeting. When I, my first job interview with Phil Knight at Nike before I went there. That had to be intimidating. Well, here's what happened. I walked into a room. He was there. He said, uh, can I get you something to drink? And I was like, yeah, sure. A glass of water would be great. And he left. And I was in there alone for like 10 or 15 minutes, Matt. So I started to think, 
is this some kind of stress interview? Are they watching me? So I got up and we were in a conference room. So I just sort of walked around and started picking up shoes and like bending them and looking at them. And I said, well, okay, if they're watching me now, what do I want them to think? Well, I want them to think that I'm really curious about their company and their product. I think you're supposed to try on the sneakers. I've never worked at Nike, but I'm pretty sure you're supposed to try them on. But then he came back with two Dixie cups full of water, like bathroom cups. He oh said, my God. He said, I'm sorry, I don't know my way around this building at all. I love that Phil Knight like had yeah. to amble on down and get those little Dixie yeah. cups. That's yeah. amazing. But I passed the fake stress interview, the cameras that were not on yeah. me. I, I really don't like when people do this. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 but we've all bombed them and yes. just try to be as prepared as you can be in right. those situations. Just try not to lose your cool. But yeah. it's hard. Like Miranda Priestley, her whole goal in life is to make is you to get your, lose push your, your buttons. cool. Yeah. We've all met people like that. All right. Let's move on to our second clip. In this one, Miranda gives Andy a near impossible task, and if she doesn't get it done that day, she's fired. Here's the clip. I need the new Harry Potter book for the twins. Okay. Okay. I'll go down to Barnes & Noble right now. Did you fall down and smack your little head on the pavement? Not that I can recall. We have all the published Harry Potter books. Twins want to know what happens next. If you want the unpublished manuscript? Well, we know everyone in publishing. It shouldn't be a problem, should it? And you can do anything, right? Oh, my God. Oh, my. Well, in this situation, the, the girls are six, and so I would probably would have just given them a draft of, of another, like a C.S. Lewis book, and, and took the cover off and told them that was the <laughs> sixth Harry Potter book. But, I, th- I think the <laughs> twins are smarter than you, you Matt. So? Uh, they're they're right. smarter than you give them credit for. Okay, then, Liz, how do you handle this? I don't know. That's a tough one. I love when Anne Hathaway, when she just says... Not that I can recall. Oh, no. (laughs) You know, because your mind is just spinning like, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? But you can't say that to your boss. You just have to say, okay, right, no, I didn't knock my head. Okay, mm, yeah, I'll get on this. And then you completely lose it when you get out the door of the office, right? Completely. Just in the moment, all you can try to do is... Keep your face yeah. somewhat still. Write yourself a little note on whatever pad you have in front of you and sound like sound confident yeah. that you can do this. Oh, yeah. I had somebody ask me to turn a 200-page document overnight one time, uh-huh. and I just knew that it was – I got through 90 pages, at, you know, like – and he, he was back at 7 a.m., <laughs> you know, and I was like – Disappointed? I, yeah, he was disappointed, but I was like, I guess if you want to fire me for that, like, go ahead. I don't know what to do at this point, you know? It's like, what you can know what? you do? Impossible tasks. Yeah. Sometimes they're impossible. Right. That's do, why they're called impossible right. tasks. But do you do you still try to do them, right? I mean, if somebody gives you an impossible task, you still try to do it or do you just I think if your boss asks you to do something yeah. really hard, you don't know if it's impossible until you try to yeah. do it. But, you know, if you fail at doing something impossible, well, I don't know. Yeah. I, <laughs> that's yeah, I would. That's sort of the definition yeah. of impossible. That's why I think you throw them. I think a lot of times, though, you know, maybe there's another answer, right? Like why? Why I jokingly said I would, I would just take a C.S. Lewis book and take the cover off, and mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes there is a second solution that the boss doesn't know of is that's equally true. good. Yes. Right. Uh, okay. Now you're thinking. Yeah. Yes. Because I think those girls would have enjoyed a C.S. Lewis novel, <laughs> The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, <laughs> Harry Potter six. Now you're really thinking, Matt. Yeah. I like it. Okay, Matt, breaking mattress news at my house. (laughs) You know how I told you my bedroom ceiling collapsed a couple weeks ago? It doesn't rain very often in Southern California, but when it does, you never know what's going to happen. And my bedroom ceiling came down, soaked my mattress, so boo, that was bad. But yay, time to get a new mattress. So I now got a beautiful Nectar 
Calcang bed. I've slept on it now. It's got this breathable, cooling, body contouring mattress. I have really loved it so far. Very satisfied. Guess who else got the nectar? You did? I did. And? Yeah. I, I love how easy it was to pop it open. It comes with this cutter, so you just slide it down. Yes. And I we actually opened it on our box spring, so just boom, it's open. Under a minute, I'm now sleeping on this thing. Yeah, the whole idea that it comes like rolled up in a bag and then you you kind of don't believe it's going to work. And it totally works. I know. I was like, there can't be a mattress in there, can there? And so it opened up. And then I liked that I could just pop all the garbage in the recycling. No muss, no fuss. And I haven't been sleeping well lately. And so this is the first night. I already got much better sleep last night than I have in weeks. Well, the good news is that Nectar gives you 365 nights to fall in love with your mattress. And if you aren't 100% happy, they will pick up the mattress for free and you will get a full refund. I like that. And they give you a forever warranty on your mattress. Nectar Sleep has an incredible deal for you and here's how you get it. Go to Nectarsleep.com slash safe. Buy now and you'll get $125 off and two free premium pillows with any mattress order and free delivery. That's Nectarsleep.com slash safe to get the best sleep you've ever had for every night of the rest of your life and then some. Nectarsleep.com slash safe. Yeah, the pillows. I loved the pillows too. I didn't even know I was getting free pillows They're too. great. Amazing. I personally met my wife at a bar old school style, but that's that's the old way. It's it, That's dated. That's We're like dinosaurs. Now it's online. That's how you date. But a lot of my friends are having problems and I'm always having to listen to them complain. And I'm always like, well, why? What's wrong? They're like, oh, I don't know. As they swipe left and right and randomly go on dead end dates for matches that they really spent no time thinking about. And I'm always like, well, take matters into your own hands. This is important. Finding the right person. That's the biggest decision you can make in life. Why don't you take it a little more seriously? And so finally, I had one of my friends sign up for eHarmony and she's been loving it. One of the things I really liked about it is I helped her fill out her profile and they actually have her ask her friends to describe her in four words. And so I gave her my description and a couple of other people gave our descriptions to her and it helped her learn something about herself. There were a lot of other questions like that and it really got her thinking more seriously about what she wanted in a mate. I look at eHarmony like the more professional dating website. It's very easy to navigate and the compatible profiles give a pretty succinct and diverse snapshot of a person. And it gives you percentages of match based on exclusivity, accommodation, and relationship values. And so far, my friend is doing really well, but I will report back to you guys with more feedback. So I think you should try it. And the best part is right now you can get a free month with eHarmony when you sign up for a three-month subscription. Enter code SAFE at checkout. It's the most important decision you can make, so take it a little more seriously. Stop waiting and start your journey to a satisfying, meaningful relationship. It can be fun to play around with the online dating apps, but when you're ready to fall in love with someone and have a meaningful relationship, there's one app built to bring you real love. Come see how eHarmony can change your life. Go to eHarmony.com and get started. Enter code SAFE at checkout. Liz, you know what I'm really excited about? What? We are doing a live version of this show. A li- oh, yes, I know. I'm yeah. very excited, too. At the LA Times Festival of Books, April 21st, Saturday morning, 1030. So come on, people. You can all make it there. 1030, we're going to want to see you in the oh, audience. That's plenty of time to get there. It's inside the Annenberg Auditorium. And you know what? If you're lucky, we might even answer some of your work questions. Yes. 
And if you've never been to the L.A. Times Festival of Books, it is awesome. The entire USC campus is filled with authors and books and events, and there's kids stuff and all kinds of performances, and us. The most Safe important for work, thing. Live. Okay, joining us now to talk about running a business with your family are Allie Webb and Michael Landau, the brother-sister team behind the hugely successful Dry Bar, the hairstyling chain that's blowing up all over the world. I love dry bar. My wife is obsessed with it. It's no really? cut, no color. They, they blow it out. They do the updos. I know that she's partial to a style called the Mai Tai, which, which <laughs> I think is what Allie has. They have a similar hairdo. So my wife's going to be, um, I mean, she's going to be so excited when I get home and tell her that we had this interview. Allie and Michael, thanks for joining us on Safe for Work. Our yeah. pleasure. Thank you for having us. <laughs> you know, there are so many things I love about the dry bar story, and we're going to get into as many as we can. But one of my favorite things is that, Allie, you kind of started this with the idea that it would be a good way to have work in the middle of the day, but still be available for kids pick up at the at the end of the day. Like you could squeeze it in, like it's yeah. going to be this thing. And then it immediately just blew up like yeah. all of your plans for what it was going to be and so that's why you sucked your whole family into this yeah well you know i was op- i've been a professional hairstylist for 20 years and i was operating a mobile blow dry business just to get out of the house and get away from the kids for a couple <laughs> hours which i know moms out there can relate and that little business just very quickly in and of itself blew up and I was so busy and that's when I went to to Michael and I was like, you know, I'm having a lot of success at this mobile business. Maybe we should open an actual brick and mortar where instead of me going to them, they come to me and you know, that's kind of how the whole thing started. And even when we once we opened Brentwood and we didn't expect it to be nearly as crazy and busy as it was. And I did think that I was going to be able to like manage the store, pick up my kids from school. And that was going to be my little life. Like, yeah. Good s- idea, mom. Yeah. <laughs> we severely underestimated the demand and we did. And it was also in the middle of a recession. Like we had no idea it was going to really even work. And Definitely not beyond one store. Yeah. And I should mention that when my little sister came to me with this idea. That's what I was just uh, about to ask. Like, okay, uh, big well, brother. First of all, I'm bald. I have no hair. So, so is Cameron, my husband. And honest to God, I was the biggest skeptic because I could not wrap my head around why women needed somebody else to blow dry their hair. Like, that whole concept was completely foreign to me. Oh. But she's my little sister. I love her. And she had this nice little mobile business. So I decided to lend her $250,000 that I thought I'd never Right. So that's and, a family leap of faith. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. The irony is that we grew up together. We're brother and sister. And I always <laughs> had curly hair. And my mom, I used to beg my mom to blow out my hair as a kid. And we grew up in South Florida where it was like human Humidity, hair. And my yeah. hair was like super big. And I, I don't know. You must have missed that chapter in my life where I would like <laughs> beg my mom, who was not a professional stylist, to blow out my hair. Cause I even wasn't a, paying attention to you and mom doing your hair. Oh. I was going to say that. Nobody ever cares what their little sister is uh-huh. doing, especially big brothers. Yes, that's true. Because, like, you totally missed that. But anyways, and I used to, like, my poor mother, she would blow dry my hair. And I used to be like, you missed a spot. And now thinking, going fast forward, it's, like, makes so much sense that I'm in this blow dry yes. empire. This is your calling. I mean, it's been like well, since I was a little girl. What's also very gratifying, speaking of family businesses, is that, and I say this with all due respect, oh, my sister's no. brilliant. And, and she came up with this idea. But in our family, the dynamic growing up was I was always kind of like the overachiever. I was starting businesses and lemonade stands and like a little Alex P. Keaton. And Allie was just hoping that I got in trouble and she didn't. And we kind of didn't know what Allie <laughs> well, was going to do. Well, he was always do. in trouble. Yeah. And we yeah. were hoping that she'd marry well. And like, honestly, we didn't know. And so there's, you so, showed him. there's so much gratification from 
both me and my family that it's my sister's idea that it's going to be the biggest thing I probably ever do in my life it, it, together. But it was Allie's idea. And so I think the some reason it's there. worked so well is because, you know, Michael being the overachiever that he always was and is, you know, that I was able to bring in a skill set, this idea of this business, like basically running a hair salon, which he knew nothing about. So he really had a lot of had, has, hopefully, has. <laughs> a lot of respect for me and what I brought to the table, where I brought Mad to the respect. table it is just as much as he did, if not more. Um, so I think that's why. Yeah, I, I love that idea of having the different skill sets. I've heard you guys talk about that. I think that's yeah. good for business. But it must have been hard. I mean, I guess I wanted to hear about how do you pitch a huge idea to family you know, where you're, there's a lot of money at stake. Well, I mean, truth be told, we really developed it together. I mean, I, you know, Michael... Michael was operating another business. My husband, Cameron, was working. He was a creative director at an advertising agency, and I was operating this mobile business. And, you know, Michael and I have always been really close, and I was he was kind of just seeing the success I was having in my mobile business. And I, you know, we started kind of kicking the idea around. It wasn't really a big pitch. It was like a lot of small conversations with Michael and I. And I remember telling Cameron, my husband, that I was talking to Michael about this, and I was like, I think Michael wants to do this with me. And I remember Cameron being like, Michael's never going to do this with you. Like, Michael's too busy. <laughs> Michael's, like, you know, too important and blah, blah, blah. And and I was like, no, I really think he thinks this is a good idea. And and so it all kind of snowballed from there. But there were some also th- there were some really tumultuous times in I'm remembering back into yeah. starting that business because um, it wasn't just like, okay, we're off to the races. Let's do <laughs> right. this. There was actually, and Cameron, her husband, is one of my best friends. I think about him like a brother, and it's been 10 years now he since started brother. this business. He's my brother-in-law, but I think about him like my brother. <laughs> anyway, um, and I'm sure everybody's had this experience with in-laws and finding, you know, the right footing and where you stand. And there was a point. The in-laws and the outlaws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, well, our parents thought we were absolutely out of our mind, by the way, to start this really? business. Really? Yeah. Because, well, two reasons. One, Allie and I worked together when we were in our, I was in my early 20s. She was 19. 19. And we worked for the designer, Nicole Miller, and we opened our own business in South Florida. And we honestly, we've always been best friends. We almost killed each other. I mean, physically. It was bad. Oh. It was bad, bad, bad. So thankfully, we got out of that and salvaged our relationship, ironically, that was when Allie went to beauty school, which changed the trajectory of our lives. But fast forward 20 years later, when we told them we were going to start this business and they were petrified Don't do because, it. you yeah. know, all those things in their head from the past. Right. Like it's going to ruin the relationship. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs and family businesses, that's a big concern. We get a calls about that all the time. Well, we sat down and had like a lot of heart to hearts about it not being what it was. And I remember like saying to Michael, like, you can't do this, this and this. And, you know, I think that we, we've we always known how to push each other's buttons, but having worked together and having that experience really taught us like what not to do to be prepared for this. We kind of know to walk away from the brink now and we've been there up against the brink. And I think it's <laughs> okay, I want to totally walks. ask about that. Because I read that one of you said that what's great about working with family is that you can really say whatever you want. You yeah. can because you can yeah. you have that much trust in them. In my family business that I run with my four sisters, we go <laughs> oh just the opposite way. Yeah. My feeling is we're always going to be sisters, but we may not always be business partners. Mm-hmm. So preserving the sister relationship is the most important thing. Right. And so I would never do anything that I thought would really challenge that. Mm-hmm. You know, even if I'm really mad about something. I mean, of course, we're honest with each other and we make decisions and we disagree. But you come to the brink and you have to decide, OK, she's always going to be my sister. Right. 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 Well, <laughs> so and how we, do you handle that? Well, 
I think it's different for each of us, and I'm sure we both have a different perspective on how to handle the other, and we really do. I mean, Allie tends, and I know she does this with her husband too, is like she can get to the point where I mean, she said to me a few weeks ago, she's like, you know, I think I think our partnerships are on a good course. I think it's I think it's I think it's over. I mean, <laughs> she, I, I mean, she gets she goes Sam, back. You're and my and sister and Cameron says the same thing. It's like they get in a fight, and like I'm she like, let's get divorced. She's ready to like end it. And it's like really, Allie? my wife does the same thing. So. I'm a little extreme. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so he, I was that was in like the throes of a fight where I was so mad at you. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying. You go there and I I know that when you go there, I can't go there or else it will really happen. So I think but there are other times where you acquiesce and very rarely. <laughs> that's not true. So how much have you changed over the course of this business partnership? How has it changed your relationship with each other? I think we're closer than we used to be. And you know, there are definitely, I do go to extreme, but I, I think that we both, and unlike my husband, who when we get in a fight, he needs like two weeks to like simmer and like come down from that, which drives me crazy because we, our relationship and the relationship that we have with our parents was like, we can't stay mad at each other. We both like can't do anything else until we resolve the issue. We're both right. like that. And so we don't really, I mean, I feel like like a couple months ago, we had a fight that lasted a while, which was weird. It was so weird. We didn't talk to each other much for like two weeks. And that was so weird. But normally we hash it out pretty quickly. And how do your employees react to that? Did they see you oh having that kind <laughs> yeah, of friction? I thought I heard somewhere that you've done, uh, you've had a couple fights where that they've informed Yeah, them. we have had a few. And I think that there is this like sense from some people are like very comfortable with it and it, like right, get it right in the fold with us. And then I've heard from other people, which I always find surprising that like, well, you know, it's, it's not easy coming into this business with not only me and Michael, but, but Michael's wife and my husband and like the four of us. And it's like, you're really walking into like this like lion's den of the family and it, it yeah. can be like, intimidating. Yeah. And I'll tell you one thing that we hadn't anticipated at all. I mean, we thought about all these things about, and it was, it was, you know, our, it bothered our parents. It concerned us like, you know, we're so close. Is this going to ruin our relationship? So we were cognizant of that going in. I think what we didn't think about was our spouses and how this would impact them because Allie and I are so close and we are business partners and it's our knee-jerk reaction to talk to each other when things come up. And the, the this is a, a wormhole, so I won't go down it, but there are there's some animosity sometimes or some jealousy amongst from my wife. Why are you taking my your brother's side over or me? Why or why did you tell him before you told me? Oh, yeah, that. that's complicated. Yeah. 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 yeah, so there's that complexity, and we've had to work through that over the past 10 yeah. years. But so. we just have such a, like a fluid relationship. I mean, we cons- we text all the time. We talk all the time, and it's just like it's just an ongoing thing. I mean, we probably talk to each other more than we talk to anybody else in the world, uh-huh. you know? And it's I mean, it's usually about business and it, or about, you know, all the things that we have going on. Well, that's true of a lot of business partners. Yeah. It has to be so we're, that tight and right. that constant. Yeah. So so for your employees, I'm trying to understand the point of view of yeah. someone yeah. that works for you. You know, I know your your values are we are family and it's a very family oriented organization. So how does that how does that benefit your employees? How does that make them happier? What does it feel like to them day to day? Well, I think um they're, they feel they do feel part of a family, and I think it's you know the business has changed quite a bit now. We have thirty two hundred employees. We have a professional CEO and executive team, and so and it's Allie hard to have a family that big. Yeah. But <laughs> at the same time, it 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 fosters a a different kind of environment. I believe the fact that we're brother and sister, that our family is involved, and so it 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 still does, even though we're the size we are, feel like a family business. But in the early days, it really felt like a family business because it was, and I think that it was easier for 
and I'm just speculating here, that it was easier for our employees to sort of get into that mentality of we are family and because they just felt like they were joining ours and it, it, it felt authentic. And I think, though, even and I agree with all of that, but I feel like in inside the shops, you know, even though we have gotten to the point that we're at and, and you know, when it was smaller and it was just like two or three stores, it was really easy to for mm-hmm. that to be the that case. everybody really knew everybody you knew and us you knew well. Them. And yeah. yeah, but I think now it's like, you know, it's it's I I so strongly believe that, you know, that in big companies, especially like ours, like it comes from the top and the way that you act and it all trickles down. And, you know, we want our managers of our shops and our district managers of of the areas to to foster that same approach and environment. And it is. And I think unlike traditional salons, dry bar is like is set up very differently. The whole thing is different from the experience, the way we treat customers, the way we talk to people, the way they're paid. I mean, just like everything is so different that it does in and of itself foster that kind of family environment where, you know, we will bring in pizza for the for the whole staff or we'll, you know, do all these different like things that make them feel like they're all working together versus mm-hmm. working on on by themselves and in an environment like a typical salon where you're working on commission and you're just you just work for yourself. You know, there's like yeah. a common goal that everybody's working to that I think in and of itself helps with that kind of family mentality. Yeah. yeah. So this was so you had a great insight about this business and it's panned out pretty well for you guys. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. So for other people that are thinking about starting a family business. Like they're, you know, they have an idea, they think it's a good one, they've rounded up enough investment from members of their family, like in-laws, outlaws, the whole combo, ready to go. Any any advice you would give for people about how to how to maintain the personal relationships and really have that be a positive experience within the family? Well, I think first is being um, honest with each other and having, like Ali said, that conversation with the beginning and really sincerely talking about the boundaries and and ha- like boundaries. you mentioned it's different for yeah. you for yeah. us mm-hmm. it was like understanding and I won't get into all of them today but like <laughs> the things that you know just and again you know this from being brother and sister but you can't cross this line you can't go there mm-hmm. um I think the other thing is like you said we're going to be sisters you no matter the rest what of your life. Yes. and I think for us going into that and it ha- Obviously, it's been a long time, but going into saying, hey, we've said it a million times to each other, it's way more important, our relationship and being brother and sister, than this business. And But when you attach money to that sometimes, it just changes But I, I also think, yeah. you know, there, the other thing that I, and I always talk about this, especially like because of obviously my husband is also our partner in this, is like, you know, we didn't, we aren't all trying to do the same thing. My experience. That's is, a really key yeah. thing. Yeah. My experience is hair. And I know that uh-huh. my experience is not business and spreadsheets and leases and all the stuff that Michael does that, by the way, I don't enjoy. And, and on the flip side, my husband, who is the creative branding, you know, piece of things like, you know, we don't we all stay in each other in our own lane. Stay in your lane. And right. I mean, we talk about things and we hash things out and we ask for each other's opinions all the time. We're constantly you know, running ideas past each other. But ultimately, I feel like Michael really like Michael and Cameron got out of my way when it came to the hair and how that we were going to approach the hair, even if they didn't 100 percent agree. And I think that I should mention, I think it would be a disaster if any one of the four of us kind of shared the same skill sets, because I think then we'd be competing. Because you really need each other the way you have it structured. Right. And we trust each other. What's great is that, I mean, we'll still question each other. And Allie, in the early days, would still ask me to walk her through, um, you know, she maybe do it offline and we'd be in a meeting and, you know, with investors. What does that mean? um, But the the great thing is that she trusted me and knew that I had her back and I wasn't going to screw her. And same thing with me. It's like if Allie says this is the way you know, the store needs to be or the way the, the hair needs to be. I'm, not, I'm never going to question her. <laughs> Thanks so much for spending Thank time with us. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. This is fun.
So Liz, I have to tell you something a little bit embarrassing. My what? dog got sick and kind of ruined our old sheets. Oh, that happens. Yeah, but we slept on them for a little while after it. It was okay. That's nasty. gross, man. It was kind of nasty, but thankfully. <laughs> My, uh, we are, I mean, I assume you laundered them, but then you, them, you just but never the felt the same about them. No, right, I understand. We're like sleeping <laughs> off the corner of it. But now, yeah, thankfully, my whole sleep experience has changed because I got new Brooklinen sheets. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I wasn't in the market for them. But when that happened, I was like, I better go get some new sheets. And then I discovered Brooklinen and it's changed everything for me. You know, I have the Brooklinen sheets now, too. And here's the thing. It's luxury bedding, but really underpriced. I when when I tried these sheets, I was surprised how great they felt. And it is uh and they come in all these versatile colors and patterns. So yeah, I, got I got, the, I got so I mix and match yeah. the sheets and the pillowcases and the duvet cover. So you don't have to get like an entire set in one color. Those days are over for me, Matt. Over. I love it. I love the color pattern too. I'm with you on that. So here's what you're going to do. If you want to get $20 off and free shipping, you need to go to brooklinen.com and use promo code SAFE when you check out. That's the only way to get $20 off and free shipping. Use the promo code SAFE, S-A-F-E, at brooklinen.com. And brooklinen is B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code SAFE. Brooklinen, really, these are the best sheets ever. All right, that's almost it for us today. But before we go, how about we get to one more listener call? Yes, let's go to the phones. Hello, this is Aaron. Hey, Aaron, it's Liz and Matt from Safe for Work. How you doing? I'm great. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey. Hi. Hey, so we understand you have a question for us. What is it? How can we help? Yes, very exciting. Um, so I work in product marketing at this huge software company. Um, based in San Francisco, but I'm in the LA office. Okay. And there's uh, an opening in the New York office that I think my sister would be great for. She's she's kind of been looking for a new job. Okay. Uh, we wouldn't be working directly together, but there'll definitely be a little bit of overlap. And I was going to recommend her, but I'm my question is I'm not sure if I should. I don't want people to think she only got the job because of me. Um, you know, plus the company is like a little cutthroat and I'm, I'm not sure I want to, uh, uh, you know, set her to that. And, and also like we, you, we generally get along like good siblings, but like, if we don't, I don't want that kind of spilling into the workplace. So I have some issues with it, but I, I think it might be a good opportunity for her. Okay. I use the same rules for family and friends as I do for anyone else, which is this. I can open the door for them, and that's what I'm responsible for. But really, after that, it's the person you're recommending, in this case, your sister. She needs to get the job, and she needs to do the job. I cannot continue to feel responsible for her. And sometimes you do, especially when it's a sibling, but even if it's a friend. So you open the door. She has to win the job, which means you're off the hook as far as how did she get the job? She got it because Aaron recommended her. No, she has to go win that job, and then she has to do a great job. Now, if you have real reservations that working in the same company could harm your brother-sister relationship, then that's a totally different thing. I've had that. I work with my sisters in a separate company that I run. We have just worked out some rules about how to make that work. And then one last thing about that, whether it's too cutthroat for her or not, here was my gut instinct. That's her decision to make, not yours. Right. So if she knows, you can tell her whatever you know about the culture of the company. And I wouldn't feel responsible to like 
keep her safe, away from a cutthroat environment. Really, she needs to decide if she wants to get this job and do this job. If you don't want her in the same company, that's an easy decision. But the rest of it is really up to her to make a lot of these things happen. So, Matt, what's your take? Uh, Aaron, I'll say this. I'll never advocate against referring a family member because I've been the beneficiary. But I will say this. If you're going to pretend that your family stuff isn't going to seep in, I promise you it will. I I had to work uh, for a sibling on something, and it it felt like all of our childhood baggage was coming out. I was the irresponsible kid, and it felt like, oh, am I late because I was late to pick you up from volleyball 17 (laughs) years ago? No, I will be on time. Yeah. You know, and so do you guys have – when you say you're going to be potentially working together, I mean, what is that level of Of potential for that stuff to seep in? Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't be like a day-to-day – in contact day-to-day. And also she's in New York and I'm in L.A. Um, So I think it's less about it affecting our – sibling relationship and more about, you know, it may be affecting my, you know, kind of what you're saying about my performance. If I'm a little bit worried or I'm, if I'm annoyed with her in the same, in that, in that little section of time that we have to overlap. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's definitely going to happen, right? Let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> that will happen. There's just, there's just not a way to separate those two things with somebody that you know that well. But the question is, can you handle that, right? I mean, right, a lot of us right. can and a lot of us can't. If you think you can, I say absolutely. I mean, you know, if you know her and this is your sister and you think she's qualified, at the end of the day, like Liz said, she's got to do the job. And I think the second point is, you know, you asked whether, you know, you're worried people are going to think she got it because of you. No matter what, you can't control that. People will say that. Yeah, yeah there's that yeah. gossip. Hey, she got the job because of Aaron. And it's like logically she had to go through a lot of other hurdles besides you unless you're the CEO of the company who can just hand her a job. Yeah. And you know what, Aaron? I I work with my sisters now. We've worked together for about 17 years doing Satellite Sisters and running the company that does all of that. And one of the things I really love about that experience is that we are no longer 12 years old when we are together. You know, we it has helped us really get over that you're always frozen in time in your family. Like, you know, if you were the sister who was always late or the sister who always stole clothes from the other sister or whatever. Like, that's why you would go home for Thanksgiving and you would still be those people. But once you work together for a while, you realize – damn, she knows how to do a spreadsheet or (laughs) she can write a business plan or you learn that your siblings have acquired new skills since they were 14, which is really a fun thing to learn about them. And for me, it has helped make my relationship with my sisters a lot better and more complex and deeper because we know we don't have that frozen in time thing. We see the skills we've each acquired and how good we are at things out in the real world. And that has been super fun for me. You might have the same experience seeing your sister really kick ass at it and do a great job at this company. So what you're saying is I shouldn't feel responsible for my 36-year-old sister. <laughs> I think you already knew yes, the Yes, I think that. you're hearing. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, thank you guys very much. And you guys should not get drunk together at the Christmas party, though. That I'll say. <laughs> that's, that's probably the best advice you've had so far. <laughs> okay, good luck, Aaron. Good luck. Right, thank you, guys. That was a great call. I thought it was so interesting you were talking about uh, working with family members and that you actually got to a point with your siblings that you accepted their professional growth. I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. And it wasn't always easy. I remember one time we had been doing a radio show together for several years and then we got a book contract. So it was five of us together contributing to a book. 
And my youngest sister, Leanne, is a novelist, a columnist, a professional writer. So she was the one naturally in charge of this project. And it was weird to have your little sister be your boss. And I, I got to say, some of us did a better job with that than others. <laughs> I, I have had a similar situation. My younger sister, she's a boss. And yeah. she, that's every role that she's had. And so I, I did a freelance project for her. And I was like, is she just riding me because I'm her brother? And, I, and then I, you know, but I did realize the flip side of it is like, no, she's a really efficient, effective and yeah. her Leader, style, was, but yeah. her style was hands on, and I was like, "Whoa, yeah, okay." No, it was it was really great for us in that particular situation to have one of us be a skilled writer, editor, columnist, and it was natural that she should be in charge. Just every once in a while, you're like, "Wow, she's yeah, she's got skills." So the skills, and that's, yeah. you know, and when you're in a professional environment, skills are right. really what you want. Oh my god, my baby sister is a boss. <laughs> In case you missed anything from this episode, just tap the cover art to check out the notes for today's show. You'll also find our email address, safe at wondery.com. And if you want to support the show, you'll find some great offers from our sponsors. Another way you can support the show is by filling out a small survey at wondery.com survey. It'll help us make the show better for listeners like you. This episode was hosted by me, Liz Dolan, boss emeritus and satellite sister, and Matt Ritter, comedian, recovering lawyer, and executive recruiter. Our original theme song is composed by Martin Blanco. Audio engineering by Misha Stanton, produced by Cameron Kell. Executive produced by Eileen King and Marshall Louie. Created and executive produced by Hernan Lopez for Wondry. Remember, workplaces can feel crazy, but you don't have to. Most days, you've got a lot of places to go and a lot to get done before you can even think about falling into bed at night. Wouldn't it be nice if you could stay connected to the world while you were out there getting it all done? What if the experience of driving a luxury vehicle wasn't limited to just inside your car, but extended out into the world around you? Introducing the well-connected 2019 Lincoln MKC with a suite of social tech, including Waze integration so seamless the map appears right on the screen. Amazon Alexa with access to all the skills and services you get on your Echo and a 4G LTE Wi-Fi hotspot that allows up to 10 devices to connect at once with Lincoln Connect. With your 2019 Lincoln MKC, you're transforming traffic jam streets into clear roads. Empowering your voice to instantly change your environment. Set temperature to 72 degrees. All to make life a little easier. And when you're finally done, Waze, take me home. Let's get started. You're getting a seamless experience right to the very end. Alexa, open my garage door. Available via iPhone with Sync 3 with software version 3.0. Commands may vary by phone and AppLink software. Don't drive while distracted. Use voice-operated systems when possible. Don't use handheld devices while driving. iPhone is a trademark of Apple Inc. registered in the U.S. and other countries. The 2019 Lincoln MKC. Learn more at lincoln.com slash wondery. That's lincoln.com slash W-O-N-D-E-R-Y.